everybody. You're listening to Chatting with Candace. I'm your host, Candace Horback. Before we get started on this week's episode, if you want to support the podcast, you can go to chattingwithcandace.com. There you'll find a link to my Patreon account or a link that says buy me coffee. Both help me to continue podcasting, eventually get guests in, and increase the quality of the production. This week, I'm really excited to have Buck Angel join the podcast. Buck is an icon in the transgender community. If you want to learn more about Buck and follow him on all of his social medias, you can go to buckangel.com. I always get really excited when we have guests on that aren't afraid to speak the truth. I hate to say your truth or my truth. I just like to say the truth. So I love that Buck is staying strong and standing up against the mob. And if more of us did this, we could create some real change. So I hope you enjoy the episode. It's a little bit controversial, but the whole point of it is to bring us all together. With that said, enjoy the episode and give me five stars if you like it. Starting off by just saying thank you for joining the podcast. I think it's very important to me to elevate voices that are trying to be censored. I hate censorship, and that's all I see on like all sides of the aisle. And what I find interesting about your situation is you're in this marginalized group, right? Like this group that has been given like a lot of shit and then your own tribe is like turning against you and I was like what's <laughs> happening and Did I you see my face like <laughs> right like this isn't how it's supposed to be so when I was scrolling through your Twitter and I saw you just not backing down to the mob coming at you I was like I love that like I just like we're kindled spirits because I'm the same way and I think there's a lot of importance behind people having that bravery. So first off, like, thank you for doing what you do. I think it's super important. I guess, do you want to kind of explain like how you started to become like the bad guy, if you will, in your own group? Like, how does that happen? Because I can kind of relate. So we're both in like, we come from the porn industry, right? And I feel like I don't necessarily identify with a lot of the people in said group because Mm -hmm. I do have some more, I guess you can say conservative Mm -hmm. ideas, right? At least compared to the narrative now. So everyone's like, she's a terrible person and how dare she, blah, blah, blah. So I don't go along with the narrative. So I'm cast aside. So how did that happen for you? Well, I mean, kind of actually similar in what you said, we're kind of kindred spirits on that level. We get it. And I mean, I love people like you too, because the situation is people are scared to speak their voice. And even before the cancel culture and all the mob stuff happened, even before that, I always, people just not necessarily have, I don't want to say the balls, but you know, the, the chutzpah to just stand by what they believe. I don't know how I got this way. Only thing I can think of for myself is my sex change, which I had a sex change 25 years ago. And I call it a sex change and that rubs my whole community wrong. But mm-hmm. I really, on some level, had I consider myself a sex change because I wanted to live as a man. I never wanted to live as a woman. I don't want to live as a trans person. So from the get-go of my transition 25 plus years ago, I already had the LGBT community because I was one of the first to do it. And so the lesbians were very mad at me, gay women, because that was my group of people. And so I, I've been literally, <laughs> people <laughs> nipping at my ankles and then I got into porn and then that just totally freaked the whole world out. Mm-hmm. You're like, how <laughs> so, controversial can I get? Let's just keep going. <laughs> right. Like I came out as the man with that. Uh, uh, is this like on some... Oh, no, you can I say can whatever just, you want. Okay, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I can't because I have the man with the vagina for mainstream, like <laughs> on the regular rate. <laughs> no, no, no. The man with the pussy. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I came out as the man with the pussy and that freaked the world out. And But today people, I mean... Outside my community, I can say I have more 
people who respect me like yourself who are not necessarily in my community who respect I get so much more love and respect and things from outside of my community which boggles my mind. Well, I honestly think so for me it's because the reason I I found you and your platform and I respect your voice is you're not mm. departing from reason, right? Like I'm all for inclusion and treating everyone kindly, right? But we have to have these common grounds that we agree on, right? So like biology is it exists, right? So Really? Just because it has maybe been used in the past for not so great things, even against women, right? Like we used mm-hmm. to say women have differences in the brain, so now we're not equal and we're stupid and we should stay at home. So there were like these little hiccups that have happened in science. Now we have to just mm-hmm. say all science doesn't exist because it was misused once. So rather than learning from our mistakes, we just say like, no, it's not real. And I don't think that's the way to go about it. To the point where, I mean, I've mentioned this a couple times. I just had Dr. Uh, Deborah So on and she's incredible. I just, oh my God, I love her so I much. I love her. She's <laughs> just like such a powerful force of a woman. Yeah. But I was explaining to her like the schools we were looking at for our son, they don't teach biology anymore. And I'm in Wait, the South. How old is your son? How old is your son? 10 months. We were thinking about putting him oh, in like an baby. early program. Yeah, um, excellent. But it it's gotten so politicized even down South. I'm like, I'm not putting him in until he's like five now. So he's going to stay at home and we're going to try and like – you know, mold this person to be able to Excellent. critically think with all these ideas being thrown at him. But how do you take biology out of school, right? So it's like, uh, are we not going to have doctors anymore? <laughs> like, this isn't helping. So back no. to the point, the reason, the way that you get people together is through communication and not just That's saying right. like, you're a bigot, science isn't real. And then it's like, well, That's we right. can't even talk because if we can't agree on basic fundamentals, where do we go from there? That's right. So I saw like you commenting on like that Tampax commercial. Uh-huh. So what's what's yep. your take on that situation? Oh gosh, I mean, my, I think me and you could talk for ten hours. It's so many different levels of things. But I have to tell you that the crux and the core of my activism, which I don't even consider myself an activist mm-hmm. anymore, because activism has turned into something. It's a dirty word. Than, yeah, mm-hmm. it's a dirty word, and it's gross, and it's not really what activism is supposed to be about. Mm-hmm. That said. My concerns and what I see as a person who lived as a woman for half of my life and half of my life as a butch woman, Mm -hmm. which is a whole other level of womanhood, (laughs) I fought for women's rights forever. And as becoming a man, I have continued to fight for women's rights because on some level, I'm a Trojan horse, right? I'll never lose what I had and I don't want to. I want to sort of have that experience of femaleness in my maleness. And so I really think it makes me a better male on some level. Mm-hmm. So I fight for women's rights. It doesn't mean I'm anti-trans. I'm, mm-hmm. I'm a trans person. What it means is that I see overriding voices of women it, just so that a marginalized group of people can slide their way into it and literally erase a whole literally g- group of people who mm-hmm. are real and biologically real. And I'm a biological woman. Mm-hmm. I will never get away from that. And that's those are the things that sort of get people upset in my community because I'm, I'm, I'm focused. I'm, I used to be a woman. I had a man. Now I'm a man. It's really basic. I don't want people out there to get lost and Mm -hmm. they're getting lost in understanding what it means to be a transsexual person and what it means to suffer from gender dysphoria and what it means to want to kill yourself. I wanted to kill myself. I wanted alcohol, drugs. I'm so unbelievable. Can't believe I live and I'm here. It will make me cry when I talk about it because 
this is why I'm so passionate about what I speak about because it saved my life. Mm-hmm. And it's not playing with clothes and it's not changing my hair color and it's not, and all of that is fine. Kids can do all of that, but do not encroach upon a space that literally saved my life. And when you start to talk about biology as some kind of social construct and that you are hurting me mm-hmm. because I cannot just go to the doctor and say, Hey, I'm a dude, man. Check. I don't have testicles and I don't have a penis. I have to literally go to a gynecologist. Mm-hmm. Look at me. Mm-hmm. So when you start to say like, you know, men, men are this or women are this, and you start to confuse what biology is, you're hurting us medically in the trans world. So I, you know, it's just, a, a, I hate to say it's a fight, but it has turned into some form of fighting when we need to learn to coexist with each other because it will ne- we will never as transgender people take over that space because it just won't happen and we don't need to. What we need to do is coexist with you as men and women. Right. And I kind of see that argument hurting the trans community as well because right. if you say that biology is not real, then what's the point of transitioning? Like that Boom. doesn't- Boom. The, right? You just hit it. <laughs> so, yeah. So it's, it's actually, that's what I'm saying. When the outside world, and this nonsense is happening in this trans community, but you people out there are starting to see this. Mm-hmm. And that is detrimental to the future of transsexual, transgender people. People will start thinking we're wingnuts. They already do think that. <laughs> I'm literally trying to save. I'm like, we're not wingnuts. I swear to God. Mm-hmm. We're, not, we're literally actually cool people. <laughs> <laughs> right? Like it's like this loud voice, like this loud crowd doesn't necessarily represent everything individual. And I think when you speak for an entire, whether it's a race or a gender or gender identity, like you get into a lot of murky water there, right? Like people, I don't like being identified as just a porn star, right? Like I'm so much more than that. So if you listen to like those loud voices, like that doesn't necessarily Uh represent me. Right. And that's why you stand out in the porn world. Because again, we have the porn world, right? And I stand out in the porn world too, Mm -hmm. because we created our space there and we did not succumb again to this idea of what a porn star is or what you need. You can't be a smart woman if you're a porn star. You must be stupid because it's the only thing you can do, right? Right. Blah, blah, blah. Perpetuating that. You literally blew out the box and said, want to bet? Check this out. (laughs) And that's why people respect you because you actually respect your line of work. People think when we're sex workers, we don't respect our work. Of course we do. That's Mm -hmm. why we do it. Oh, yeah. (laughs) But then you just get, I feel it. You just see the you see both sides, and for some reason, it's always like the radical side that's the loudest. And that's I've right. heard you on another podcast, and they were mentioning the importance of like the silent majority. Mm-hmm. And I get it; like a lot of people aren't controversial and they don't want to speak up to certain things. But I think like you at some point you have to, right? When it starts, you have to mm-hmm, for like the safety of everyone else. Honestly, like you said, it saved your life. So I don't know. Like, do you talk a lot about like your experience transitioning? Because you've said like you were the first. You were a a bit of a guinea pig, right? So there there was a lot of medical dangers that no one kind of knew when it came to transitioning. Like you had issues with, was it your cervix or? Yeah. So, so what happened was like, again, 25 years ago, nobody did it here in LA. Mm -hmm. I was the first for my doctor to remove my breasts and the first for the doctor to give me hormones. And everything was pretty much an experiment. My hormone doctor said, dude, you're a guinea pig. I don't know anything. I don't know what I'm doing. Are you willing to do this? Mm -hmm. He he said those words to me. And Mm -hmm. so I don't want the community to look like I'm this guy who I don't, I've never asked for that from this community. All Mm -hmm. I've ever asked for is respect from where I come from as an elder in a community. And if you look at any other community or group of people, they respect their elders. Mm -hmm. I respect all of my elders. I would never be where I am today. Even in my pornography business, I respect the elders who came before me and created a path in order for me to be able to do this. That said, 
this newer generation of people don't even understand where I came from or the future of where we are today and how do we even get here. That is very dangerous behavior. They're literally pushing, trying, trying. They won't <laughs> push my voice out of it because I'm saying the wrong thing now. I'm saying the thing that doesn't connect to what they are saying trans is. And so when I transitioned, there was no safety net. There was nothing. There was no internet. I couldn't even go and Google sex change or, 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 or what am I going to look like? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Can you imagine? Honestly, people need to understand. I literally went into it blindfolded. Mm-hmm. I had no, and you know, I had a mantra that I always said, I will just kill myself. I will just kill myself if this doesn't work out. And what that meant for me is if I started looking all weird and I would just literally off myself. So I came from a space of suicide. Always that was in the back of my head. Always I'll take myself out. Always. And so that's why I fight because I fought to get to this space. What you see here is all made. Mm-hmm. I go to the gym. I work out. I create a space for myself. And that this new pa- idea of passing is also not cool with people. They don't like it in the trans community. They don't like if you look male or female. What's passing? So passing is when you pass as a biological person, right? So oh now I don't know, no longer look like a woman. I pass like a man. I go, um, that was the whole point of my sex. Right. <laughs> that was the whole point of my sex change. Are you, and like, if you ask me my pronouns, I'm, I'm going to get so mad at you because the whole reason I transitioned is so you, I don't have to tell you my, <laughs> my um, pronouns. Oh my God. I was, that's on my list of things I wanted to get your opinion on. So even in the South, like this is like, it is completely spread. Like it's, it's everywhere, right? That's right. I'm all about respecting other people. So if you want me to call you whatever, I'm going to do that because I'm not going to purposely hurt your feelings, right? Like it doesn't matter anything else. Like that's, that's my main goal. But the idea of forced speech really doesn't sit well with me. And the idea of people that are very obviously one gender or another having to announce a pronoun. So a lot of the universities here, when you first, like day one of school, you would sit up and you say, hi, my name is Candace and my pronouns are she and her. And I'm like, like yeah. do you know what I Thank mean? You. So yes. I understand it for people that might be ambiguous, right? That's like, right. sure. But yep. how, what's that percent? And almost it, it's a mockery of sorts, right? When you have people that are so obvious that have to like stand up yep. and announce, it takes away from the other people that maybe do need that conversation to be had. So right. what's your opinion on pronouns? I totally agree with you. And here's the deal. What, what, why I don't think it's okay to do that is because people like you are now not in my community, but you're now being forced to use some kind of language that has nothing to do with your life or anything. Mm-mm. And that's not okay. So it's not necessarily for me just the pronoun. It's the way we as a community mm-hmm. have gone at it and said, you have to do this or, and then they attach what? You're transphobic or you're a turf or you're all these things. And it's actually a very manipulative I don't know who's running this community anymore, but whoever it is, they're very manipulative and there's some power and money behind it. I and mean, there's no doubt in my mind, there's power money, there's surgeries happening, there's all these things happening that really point my mind to money. And I'm like, why, why would we force people to take on our language? Back in the day, you know, in the LGBT community, we used to go, hey, queen, girl, tranny, whatever, you know, mm-hmm. dyke. You know, we even say, whore, you whore. Uh-huh. You know? And like, you can't even do that anymore. Yet you got to tell somebody how to say your pronouns. So you see this total fascist sort of way of like, now this is the only way you can speak. And so that's why I push against it. Because I live in a country where I'm allowed to think and feel and speak the way, even as a transsexual. And so if we start to, to sort of like, like bow down to this idea that if you don't do it, you're transphobic, 
then we're actually in a very bad space and we're not going to, none of us are going to move forward and you're going to hate me because mm -hmm. I'm forcing you to speak the way I want you to speak. And so I'll be honest with you. I do think this is not going to last for a long time. I think people are fed up with it and I think people are starting to push back and they see me like you mm -hmm. saying the things I'm saying. And that's why they attack me because the community scared of me because I'm exposing the hypocrisy in that community. Right. And it, it kind of shows where their intentions are, right? Because you very much bring people together. I, that's all I see is like, you're, right. you're bringing this marginalized group into the rest of like society who people were maybe scared of. Right. And they're like, this is this thing I don't really know what yeah. to do with. I yeah. don't know pronouns. I don't know biology, like whatever. They were scared to have the conversation and you're like, no, it's fine. We can hash this out. If we disagree, that's cool, but let's have a civil conversation about it. And they're like, Oh no, what? Like that's, <laughs> that makes too much sense. So why are you going after someone who's, who's making a bridge and, what would you say the end goal is for these activists? Because to me, yeah. I think it's it looks a little bit ominous to me. Like it doesn't look like they have the best intent. And I'm nope, you they know they do not. They do not. And I'm gonna tell you as somebody in this community, they do not. Mm -hmm. And how I know this, oh, I could just give you many examples on, from my own self. Mm -hmm. And just recently they took me out of a conference that I was supposed to speak at that I spoke at two years ago. And I speak at many conferences because I'm one of the guy who literally almost died from atrophy in my cervix, right? Wow. So I had gotten mm -hmm. atrophy, which is because of long-term use of testosterone. And I was the first recorded case in the history of somebody transitioning in the history of the whole world. I got atrophy and almost died. And how important <laughs> is that, right? For everyone else? Yeah. <laughs> it's more than important. It will actually save lives because I almost died. The doctor said, dude, if you didn't get in this hospital five more minutes, you're septic. You would have died. Wow. And so I created a whole workshop. I, I use my whole self. And, it, you know, that YouTube video gets so many hits. It's used in medical settings. It's, you know, it is really part of my passion is healthcare for us who don't have penises and have mm -hmm. vaginas. And we have to deal with it as men. And it's not an easy space to be in. But I talk about it and I push through it because I don't want these kids to die over something stupid like atrophy. Yet, there I am getting asked to speak at a conference. Everything is cool. I, they didn't have money, so I'm like, cool, no worries. I'll donate my time, blah, blah, blah. Next thing you know, somebody went and said, made a complaint that they didn't like my Twitter, that they didn't like my Twitter, and I'm problematic. And immediately I got a letter from the organization that said, we don't particularly want to have you here anymore. We have seen things on Twitter, and we consider you to be problematic. <laughs> and I'm like, and that you don't hold the same values we do. I go, yeah, but you're the same conference I spoke at two years ago with a packed house bigger attendance than you've ever had and gave so many of my products away for, you know, and I don't want to sound like this guy who's bitter about it. I'm not bitter. Mm. What I am is very concerned at the future of this community. When you start taking voices out that don't supposedly align to what you, and how am I not aligning? It's a transgender health conference. Right. <laughs> oh my yeah. God. So that, that's what I see. And that is scary. And that's why I'm outing them. And that's why I'm talking about it. And that's why I'm like, I haven't said the organization yet. So I'm just trying to feel out, will it look shitty if I expose the organization? Or will it look important that I expose the organization? I think it's important. I think I've always said yeah. the best cat, like you just need, you need to be able to have a debate, right? So as soon as right. you start censoring people, it almost gives That's the person right. that was censored more credibility because you're like, well, if it wasn't true, or if there wasn't some truth there, if they weren't scared of something, they wouldn't have gone That's through right. the effort to, to censor that person. So. I'm a little, I always say I'm like a little bit disagreeable, especially for someone who's like a female. Like we're just, we tend to be more agreeable. Uh -huh. 
I always try to see, I guess, like the point of view of other women, especially, or just people who are maybe more agreeable or like more opposed to contra- like controversy or confrontation. So like, what's the worst thing that can happen from Stan? Like, that's what I always say. Like, what's the worst thing? Like when you get canceled from a conference, like, but what was going to happen if you didn't get canceled? I don't understand. Like someone was going to leave a bad review on Yelp. I don't like what. Oh no. What are that, we scared no, of? No, see, it has nothing to do with that. And how I know that is look what me and you are doing right now. We're literally on Zoom. Mm-hmm. Do you think conferences are in person now? Mm-hmm. No, they're not. They're literally online. Mm-hmm. So nobody would ever even have to actually see me unless they actually went into the room. Mm-hmm. This is how they're gonna get nailed even more. Kind of could understand if I was physically showing up and you know, these some non-binary people just hate me beyond belief because they make shit up that I hate non-binary people. I don't hate anybody. I, li- <laughs> I actually don't hate anybody. I dislike some people, but I do not hate. It's not my space. <laughs> so that being said, I'm not even there in person. I'm literally in a space that you would have to make an effort to get into. And now you've taken my voice out of a conference that is so detrimental to the future and health. Nobody does the same workshop that I do because nobody has the materials that I do. And it's like, I'm only there to teach about whatever my personal opinions are on Twitter should have nothing to do with me going into a, uh, into a space that I have always been in. Mm-hmm. Right. So, mm-hmm. and it's non-binary. They said non-binary people have a problem with me. Well, I don't speak to non-binary right. people. So why are non-binary people telling me I can't come to a conference that I've already spoken at? That's the scary part, my friend. So yeah. do you see do you see the people that were really excited to hear you speak are they speaking yeah. out and they're like are they getting loud so, as well? Yes, people are scared. They don't want to do it. Of what they, though? I, like what are they scared wanna, of? They don't want to get behind me, which is also a thing. There's many people out there that send me so many I can show you so many DMs. Thank you book. I can't come out because I'll lose my job, which is real. We know that. Or I'll lose my space in this or I'll lose my space in that. But please keep doing it. It's why I keep doing it. Because you didn't say that to me. Dr. Deborah says it to me. Mm -hmm. Abigail says it to Mm -hmm. me. Tons of trans men say it to me who won't come out because they don't want to get backlash from the community. But I have a lot of people behind me who say, please continue to do. Because like I said, what's the worst? Like you said, actually, what's the worst thing that can happen? I say to myself all the time, what? What? You're never going to cancel me. It's no. not possible. You can only get canceled if you let people cancel you. Mm-hmm. You cannot do that. And so that being said, that's what keeps me going is that I know some kids out there feel so much like they want to say what they need to say and they see me and on some levels, eventually they're going to break through and go, if Buck can do it, so can I. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Leading by example. I think that's, that's really right. important. I get the same Excellent. when any time I post anything controversial or that doesn't go against or that goes against like the main narrative, like, how, right. oh my gosh someone's doing it. I can't do it. I'll lose a job. So I get it for those people, I guess, that have like a typical nine to five, but it's crazy because I've seen you get called transphobic and I'm like, bro, (laughs) we have departed reality. (laughs) (laughs) It's the best. What? Like where are we? Where are we? Oh my God. I don't know, but you know, I laugh because it's the only thing I can do because it's so insane. Like it is actually not, nothing logical is happening in this transgender community. It's the minute they made it an umbrella term, which is what they did. So it encompasses a thousand different genders. That was the first mistake. And I said it many years ago, I go, you guys are going to make a big mistake Mm -hmm. because now everyone's trans and now no one can, you know, everyone's trans. You don't need to even transition. You don't even need gender dysphoria. You don't even need to do this. You're just trans. I'm like, okay, this is totally insane. It's like saying you have cancer when you don't have cancer. Mm Mm-hmm. 
just to get some kind of like But you do though, right? You get a lot of attention and you almost, you get put on this pedestal because we are overcorrecting from a time where there was like real, like, like real violence and bigotry towards that community. So everything's always an overcorrection instead of just finding like a happy medium. So for me, one of the really big things that I've been trying to get loud about and getting experts on is the rapid onset gender dysphoria that you're seeing in, in girls. And it's, it's so, yes. (laughs) Oh my God. I'm glad to see she's on Amazon now. Oh my God. I got so ripped. (laughs) I got ripped a new asshole for this one, but you don't think I didn't know that already. I'm going to say it to all you people out there. (laughs) Tough. Tough, tough titties. Because you know what? I will speak out. I will continue to speak out for the children. Mm-hmm. For the children. I don't care about you people out there who just are are old enough to make logical choices. There are children now involved in this who are being told things and parents who are being told things that are not true. And as a transsexual man who literally got my life saved, and I'm, I am, I'm going to say it, I'm a badass, whether you believe it or not, it's because I love my life and I did it in a way that I never looked back. We are giving kids hormones at eight, seven, hormone blockers with no research. Are you kidding? And you don't think a book like this was ever going to get written? Mm-hmm. Of course it was. Abigail just saw it before anybody else saw it. Mm -hmm. And so shame on my community for just being like, okay, let's just use all these kids as experiments because that's basically what we're doing. Oh my gosh, it really is. Do you know what's going to happen? These kids are going to turn 15, 16, 17, and they're going to go, wait a minute, I'm not a dude, I'm a chick. Mm -hmm. And like my parents made this choice without my consent. And the doctors did it. And you watch lawsuits are going to come in. It's, uh, It's a mess. It really is. And to me, like the really sad part was, so the doctors are playing like a really evil hand in this because they say, oh, do you want a dead son or a happy daughter or vice versa? And like, how, how? Is that an argument, first of all? Because the the, right. re- the data on that is still out, right? Like, we that's don't really right. know. Like, we just – that's a very bold statement to say. And then the parent's going to get very emotional. And they're like, okay, well, of that's course, right. then I'm going to go with these, that's like, right. irreversible hormone treatments. And even worse, that's like, right. you know, Portland, Oregon, I think you can get double mastectomy at 12. Don't which- get me started on Portland, Oregon. <laughs> Right. But it's like how you can't even get a tattoo at that age because you can't be trusted to put ink on your body. How are you going? And then what's it called? I always mess up the term. Basically, it's the idea that roughly 80% of kids pre-puberty end up just being gay. Right. So if anything- That's exactly right. That's exactly right. So if anything, right, it's just we're going backwards and we're we're being homophobic again. We can't have a gay son or a, gay, a lesbian daughter. And it's like, you're no, headed. if you're a tomboy, then That's you right. must be trans because you're That's outside right. of this very narrow definition of what it is to be a girl. So That's right. it's just really sad to me. One of the schools we were looking at, they had what they called a trans a trans girl in the class. And I was talking to it was Wait a minute, back up for one minute. How old is your child? Ten months. So it it wasn't in his it wasn't his class, but it was in kindergarten. So like in kindergarten had a trans yeah, so I think it's like five is when you start kindergarten. So they were – because I was asking them all these questions because I'm not just going to stick my kid in a school if I don't know what like the principles are behind it. That's so right. I'm asking all of their opinions on all That's of cool. these like social topics. So mm-hmm. they had like this very big like coming out party for her. 
And I get it, right? Like I, it goes back to overcorrecting. I get it. But if you look at the data, the chances are that that's actually going to just be a gay boy, right? And that's wonderful. That's great. And if they end up to be trans post-puberty, that's wonderful. That's great. But if you look at the data and it's saying 80%, there are huge social ramifications for even socially changing your gender at that age. Because as human beings, we don't like to to say we were wrong and backpedal. Mm -hmm. So it's like, Mm -hmm. well, I made this huge change and I can't go back, right? Like it's Mm -hmm. going to be too embarrassing. I don't want to admit my faults, whatever. Or my parents told me this and the doctors told me this, so I must be this. So you're going to see a lot of of children that post-puberty are like, well, who am I? Now I actually have gender dysphoria because now I'm in the wrong body and it's too late to go back if my parents did anything that's irreversible. Where do you see the logic for these activists? Because it's children, right? Like it's kids. We should all agree to protect kids. We are not, we are not playing with like, if you're 20, do what you need to do, kid. I'm going to tell you right now, cutting your boobs off without having a lot of therapy and doing that. You're probably making a mistake, but that's just my opinion. You're 20. You can do whatever you need to do. Right. At eight, at five, at six. Are we insane? And I'm a transsexual. Let's not forget that. And I'm telling you, are we insane? It -hmm. is not okay. Yeah. I don't care about social transition. Social transition is the way I did it. I had to dress like a guy. Mm -hmm. I had to walk the world as a dude before I could get any surgeries, any of the things. And that was was an actual structure we had back in the day. Mm -hmm. I had to take a note from my therapist to my hormone doctor. It was a little, it was like a, a, you know what I mean? A step and a step and a step and a step and making sure along the way that I was always prepared for the future of being a man. And I've never looked back. It's never even been a thought process for me. Today we're like, oh, you have a little inkling of wearing a boy's clothes. You must be trans. Like it's so insane. And I have to tell you, you know, I I travel in the world talking about my life story. It's sort of like my real business as a public speaker. And I talk about my whole transition. And one of the things I talk about is really being a tomboy at that age. And, you know, people just, you know, saying, oh, you know, she'll grow out of it. And I always say, no, I actually grew into it. But I started (laughs) to think, you know, I got to stop using that in my story because I think people are picking up on it in the wrong way now because I see people. That's yeah, I do because now I start seeing this idea that once a child is masculine, which I was a very masculine child, that they must be trans. And so I feel like I should stop maybe talking about that in the way I'm talking about it. And more in the sense that I felt this way, people were chill about it. Nobody pushed me. Mm-hmm. Nobody. In fact, they tried to take me out of it, right? Mm. So in a sense, today, what we're doing is the opposite of what they did with me. They're pushing these kids. And what you said earlier, parents are hearing doctors say shit like, if you don't do this, your kid's going to kill themselves. Those doctors need to be reprimanded, lose their license. Absolutely. What they're doing is a lie. It's a, it's cheating. It's stealing their children from them. Mm, it really is. And then yeah. I guess back to education, because that's where it first starts trickling in for the that's whole new right. generation. So yeah. when you have these parties that celebrate a child, I guess, switching genders, right? Uh-huh. You're introducing this very complicated subject to to five-year-olds, right? That's right. Five-year-olds. So you now have a child that was, I'm going to say neurotypical. Is that like a good good way Uh to describe it? That is now, well, maybe I should question these other things because I didn't know that these were options, right? So it's not something that just comes, like you're born that way. 
right? Yeah. So you're born this way, like you're born gay. You're literally born gay. It's an actual thing. I don't care what anybody says. Right? There's bra- there's scan, like plenty of like That's fMRIs right. that that show evidence for that. That's right. So now you're confusing these kids that don't have critical thinking. Their frontal lobe's not there, and then they also see this other kid getting attention yeah. and love. That's right. There has been some studies to suggest when it comes to bullying that trans kids do get favored from the authoritative mm-hmm. figures, right? Like the, people are yeah. really there to protect the trans kids, which is wonderful, right. but they ignore maybe the gay kids because now that's right. like that's fine. You're no longer oppressed or marginalized, so they don't need mm-hmm. any help. So you see this group of kids that are getting glorified for something and you want love, you want attention. We all lean that's into right. that. So then you you might start creating a problem where there isn't one. And that's where you see the rapid onset that's happening in the UK with these girls. That's right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. No, I'm totally on board with you. And it's why that book is is freaking the trans community out. Mm-hmm. They are freaked out by that book. As you see, like Abigail, some somebody, they took a, a GoFundMe and they got a huge, I live in Los Angeles and they made a huge billboard up on like Beverly and like La Cienega for the book. It was so awesome. I saw that. <laughs> People were freaking, freaking out. Freaking out. Mm-hmm. Freaking out. But I'm thinking, why are you free? What? Here's what I want to know. I'm not freaking out. And I'm a <laughs> transsexual person. So like people who aren't even transgender are freaking out. Wait a minute here. This book, I am telling you, is read it. It doesn't mean that is actually the way to go. Mm-hmm. It's a book about a person who thinks and is researched and showing you statistics. You can take it or leave it, my friends. But it is a book that is necessary in order for all the information to be out there. Yeah, and for all everyone that's just listening, we're talking about Irreversible Damage by Abigail Schreier. The other important part to drive home as well is you need to have both sides that are having their voices heard because there there can be consequences, right? Like if we're not doing all of the steps to make sure that this decision is truly what you want, right? Especially when we're talking about kids. That's right. We have to talk about this is permanent and some people regret it and they, you know, there is the detransitioning. I don't know how well that works out for people. I know you're for depending on how – the extent of it, your fertility could be shot. I know for of some course. people, your the ability to orgasm could be shot. That's right. So you're That's telling right. me you want a kid to never be able to experience like being intimate with their partner when they're grown. Like that's sad. They're not even thinking of that. They're not. And you know, the, oh God, there's so many layers to this, my friend. Mm. It is actually shocking that, you know, I have an eight year old son. And so I'm, it's not that I don't have kids in my life. I'm around kids all the time. I mean, we have outdoor COVID play parties and I love kids. I love, I think of my kids in the trans community as kids. You know what I mean? Like Mm -hmm. I'm just really versed on helping the future become a balance, not just trans kids, but kids, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? And, and so I, I really see them as the future, but we're, we're hurting the children. Mm-hmm. We are not helping the children. We will have a massive amount of number one detransitioners, mm-hmm. which is happening at a fast rate. And, and if the trans community is literally trying to shove that under the rug, because it is really showing that, wait a minute, maybe we aren't doing the right thing and they don't. And so that's why I'm, I'm speaking out against the community leaders because they're not being responsible when they try to hide books like this. And when they try to hide things that are not, that are factual, like biology and all this stuff that says to me, you have an agenda. That doesn't mean you want to help people Mm -hmm. like me. That means you actually have an idea of what it means. And I don't know. It's freaking me out. Is it that they want to have a whole mass of trans people so that it can become powerful? That's almost what what it seems like for for someone that's as the, yeah. they'll call me a sis or whatever. <laughs> I hate that, I hate that word. But yeah, as a biological woman, like that's, that's right. kind of what I see. 
So when we have all this information and this massive amount of people that are detransitioning because they were, you know, told at such an early age, like this is what you are or whatever the reason is, how do we protect those people that are going through gender dysphoria when our professionals aren't even allowed to question it anymore because it's illegal in what, 20 states now? Yes. It's called mm-hmm. self-ID. <laughs> it's like, I'm going to self-ID. I have cancer. <laughs> right. Like, I mean, I'm not laughing at cancer. It's messed up. But right. that being said, it's that it's that illogical that you will let an eight-year-old kid say, I'm trans, and the parents cannot ever say anything about mm-hmm. it, ever. Like, what? Oh, come on. The whole reason I'm a parent, if anyone ever did that with me with my child, oh, <laughs> let me just tell you, go ahead and try it. If my kids said to me they were trans today or, hey, dad, you know what? I'm feeling more like a woman or, or a girl or whatever. Or I want to be this. Of course, go right ahead. Wear a dress. I don't care what you do there, mm-hmm. but you're not going on hormones and you're not doing, you can even change your name. I don't care. Do all that because kids do that. I did it. Lots mm-hmm. of kids when I was growing up did it. They're always going back and forth, boy and girl names and blah, blah, blah. All of that is natural. Number one thing is the health of this child and the future health of this child. Mm -hmm. And when you start putting in something called Lupron or a hormone blocker with no understanding, what are you doing? And I can't even believe parents do it. Oh, so it's, so I don't know a lot about the hormone side of it. So I had really bad endometriosis. How old was I? I think I was 19. I mean, I like, I would look pregnant. I would get so much swelling. I would miss work because of the pain. So I actually got on Lupron for about a year. And I, I mean, it's like this big, big old shot to put in your ass and it would like wreck me for the rest of the day. I had so much shit happen to me because of that medication. There was class action lawsuits and all of this stuff. So we're giving that to kids. I had no idea. We are giving that to kids. It's a hormone blocker. That's what it is. And they use it for cancer too, I think. Yeah, yeah. It's it's a a hormone blocker. Mm -hmm. And they use it for young kids who do have sort of like some puberty situation because that happens, of course. That's natural. Our bodies aren't all perfect. But that said, yeah, they're literally pumping Woo! that stuff into little girls. No, <laughs> and oh my girls gosh. Like eight and like saying, well, it's going to save their life. And I'm like, yeah, no. right. Show me where there's statistics that this is actually going to save. Go ahead and start to listen to D-transitioners. It will, and you should get one on your show because I'm telling you, they are, it's profound, profound. I cry every time I listen to them. I cry and uh. I cry And I'm going to cry now because it saved my life. And so when I see a youngster of 20 years old cut their breasts off, Uh, get a hysterectomy, and turn around and say, this did not work for me, how do you think that makes me feel? It makes me feel horrified for that person because it shouldn't be that way. They should have got therapy. They should have really thought about it. They should have had much more structure around it. It saddens me, as you see, so deeply because Mm -hmm. that should not be that this child now has to live with a body that is literally mutilated Mm -hmm. and they will have to live with that for the rest of their lives. Why are we as a trans community not compassionate and empathetic towards that? I don't understand. We should feel for that person and we should understand that it's a very real consequence. Yes. And it doesn't take, I think a lot of it's fear-based, right? Like they're fearful that it's going to take away like their standing in society and that they're going to go backwards a hundred years. And I just don't see that happening. I think everything we are moving we were moving forward in such a healthy way but it's like the whole idea of power versus force so if you right. 
if you start pushing this way, it's going to just be the natural reaction to push back that way, even if like you don't want to, even if you're not like a combative person. So I think it's so important because again, you, you have these people that are like, well, what do I do now? And if we take away the steps of therapy, what's left? There's nothing, there's no like, there's no safety net, if you will. Right. So we are like, okay, well let's do some therapy and talk it out this way. And then let's check in with this doctor and like these checks and balances. And then if you are, it's not to say like you can't transition. If you are an adult, that's your right. You can do what you want. But I think that you do need to be questioned. It's not, I don't think it's bigoted to say that you should be questioned. It's a very big deal. I mean, we still oh have God. we still have marriage counselors in the South for a lot yes. of people, right? Yes. You have to go through yes. counseling before you can get married because that's such that's a right. big transition. That's a social transition. We're that's talking right. about a physical one that the science isn't there yet, that we can just snap our fingers and say, never mind, let's go back. Right. So I guess when it comes to legislation, like how mm-hmm. do people start turning, reversing this? Because right now, again, 20 states, you can't even question a, a child if they go in. You're just like, oh, okay, here you go. All of those things are going to be reversed. You I'm think pretty so? sure of it because people are starting to see how uh, irresponsible it is of us. It's irresponsible. Mm-hmm. Now, here's the deal. I'm not saying that some kids shouldn't have that situation if it's available to them when we have more understanding of long term Mm -hmm. and if therapy is involved in the transition Mm -hmm. and if parents are given all kinds of information why you should do it and why you shouldn't do it Mm -hmm. as a parent if you only gave me you should do this or your child's gonna kill themselves i would leave that office (laughs) and so fucking fast (laughs) and i would report you just so you know because you're not giving me why why will my kid kill themselves? Mm-hmm. Show me statistics on that. They're not showing any of that. Mm-hmm. They're just guilt tripping these. Because I do, I think it's this sort of, for lack of a better expression, brownie points that they get. These Everyone is latching on to trans stuff. Doctors are now trans doctors. Really? I question that. How did you become a trans doctor? Did you go to trans school? Did you learn about trans medicine? There is no trans medicine. So how are you a trans doctor? You, you understand what I'm saying? Oh, wow. And how are you a trans surgeon? And how are you giving a, across hormones when you weren't even talking? how to give cross hormones. So I have, I'm questioning the medical world. And, and then that's why also all of a sudden I don't get asked to speak at the medical conference because oh, wow. I'm there. To, I go to all the doctors. I question all of them there. They, 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 they go running when they see me show up. <laughs> <laughs> it's because you actually have real like sound points, right? And you, yeah. you lived it. So you're like, no, like this is real. We can't just do this and expect like the body not to react in such a way. That's it's like, right. this is that's all right. so new. Oh my goodness. It's kids. I mean, God, why are we even having this conversation? Why would a book, Irreversible Damage, have to be written? It had to be written. Mm -hmm. That's the scary part. It's not the book, what's inside the book. It's the book itself. Mm -hmm. That says a lot to me. And then also Deborah's book, right? The end of Jen. So good. This book had to be written as well. Mm-hmm. That's that says to me that's how scary it is mm-hmm. when we start to have to write books. And you know they're like burn the books. I'm thinking you know burn J.K. Rowling book. Like you people are out of your minds. You are actually out of your minds because mm-hmm. that's not how we're going to get people to like us and move forward. Now everybody hates us because we're like J.K. Rowling is a transphobe when she is not. She's definitely not. No, oh I my saw, god, it's ridiculous. I saw them going after her, and I was like, what are you doing? Like she, you just know she's not. She's not those things. And I'm glad she kind of said something because like as a biological woman, like I see this, my space disappearing, right? It's like, 
I see it being taken away by these trans activists. I see it taken away by what you, I'm going to say allies, which I think is another gross word. Because it's just like, like, okay, (laughs) cool. Like I get it. Like you're virtue signaling. Awesome. That's where we're at in this conversation. Um, (laughs) I love you. (laughs) It's the worst. It's the absolute worst. What was I going to say? Well, well, we were talking about JK. (laughs) Oh, oh, yeah. I'm glad she said something because... So there was another article I just saw and where they took the word mother away. And to me, that's such like a sacred word to me. I just had a baby. We had a very traumatic birth. Like I am. Oh, no. I mean, he's wonderful now. Like he's super healthy. But like that word to me is such a powerful word. And it doesn't take away like from gay couples or trans. Like that word needs to still exist, right? I'm not going to let that go. So it was was called birthing parent is now what they called that. And I was like. Here's the deal. What? With language. What? They can say whatever they want. Call it birthing. Call it marriage. Call it. I don't care. Mm -hmm. But don't you dare. Tell 99% of the world, which is biological, mm-hmm. I'm not, I don't want to be called a mom. I want to be called a dad. Yeah. Okay. So that's my prerogative to be. I live as a man. I do not live as a non binary trans or any other. I'm a man who is a dad, who is a father, who is male. You're a woman who is a mother who gave birth to an actual baby. If you're a trans man giving birth, you can call yourself whatever you want, but don't right. you dare force anybody else. This birthing, a birthing person, or yeah. what, what do they call birthing- them? Person, yeah. Periods, people who get menstruate or something. Yeah, people that menstruate. Mm-hmm. <sighs> it's appalling. How offensive is that? How offensive, offensive is that? It's wrong, and I, they have no logic around it. Though they try to be because lo- I'm like, really, why don't you tell me why you want to do that? Because what you're doing is you're saying inclusive. Inclusive would can would include women. Right. It would include the word woman. You're now literally taking out. No, be- they're saying no, because now we're making it inclusive language. I go, but inclusive language includes the other people. Mm-hmm. So what about the lady who doesn't want to be called the birthing person? What right. if she wants to be called mother? So <laughs> you're telling her that she can't be called. You see, but they don't have an argument with me. They just shut me down and call me trans world and then turf because you can't fight back, friend, because I'm fighting back. There's no way they're going to take that off the table. It ain't going to happen. The use of language is honestly, it's it's brilliant on their end, right? Because you don't want to yep. argue against these things. And once you overcomplicate something, then you're like, That's you right. automatically give the other person credit instead of yourself. So you're like, well, I'm just not smart enough. So that's the whole right. idea of postmodernism, right? It's That's like, right. it's like, how confusing can we be? And That's I'm right. just a scholar. And this is yeah. my, again, the my truth argument. Like there's just truth. So there's no like, that, that's, that's right. not subjective. Um, <laughs> so if we like overcomplicate this, then people will that's just right. back off. So you get this that's small, right. right? Like that's, that's the whole point. So it's yep. like, if we say, well, what is a woman? And they keep diluting that down. Right. You're like, well, I just don't understand. Cause I'm, I've never been oppressed or marginalized. So I shouldn't speak mm-hmm. up because it's not my right. stage. I think everyone's that's allowed an true. opinion. Everyone's that's allowed right. the stage. I hate when people are saying men can't be in this conversation. Biological mm-hmm. people can't be in this conversation. Conversation. Like that's how we start into like very scary situations. Like that's, that's how Germany right. happened, right? That's like it right. was like it was slowly taking away the voice of this this group, and it doesn't matter. They don't deserve it, and that's this right. is why. And you keep justifying it, and then we that's end up in I don't know two hundred years in the past. 
That's exactly what's about to happen, Mm -hmm. just so you know. Trans rights are now happening, and all this language mumbo-jumbo is happening. Mm -hmm. But it's going to get torn down so fast, and our trans rights are going to be put back 500 years because we are not coexisting. I say it every day. Mm -hmm. You better learn trans women, this whole rhetoric of trans women are women and trans men are men. No one's arguing that I'm not a man. What I'm arguing with you is I am not a man. I am a trans man. Right. Big difference. Stop trying to say I am not biological. Biology isn't a spectrum. Things aren't socially constructed. La la la. That being said, we can, we have to coexist with you. And that's right there for me. The biggest problem is we keep trying to overrun and tell everybody else how to think, how to be, how to see, and that we are more important than you. Mm-hmm. And that's why I got into the Rawlings debate because I said, wait a minute here. She is an actual woman, a powerful woman who sees something using her platform in order to speak out against her own self and feeling threatened. Mm-hmm. Why are you as a trans woman allowed to feel threatened and, and that, but a woman is not allowed. And you as a trans woman should know if you really feel and want to be a woman right? Mm -hmm. You should understand what she's saying. Mm -hmm. And that's where I'm a little bit confused about trans women not understanding why women are saying, wait a minute here, you can't take, you can't just be a woman. You don't have the same experience as I do. So for me, again, I don't know how much of it is just because of, you know, your Twitter feeds curated based off of like what you engage with and all of that good stuff. Yeah. But I see a lot more arguments being made to protect like trans women than like mm-hmm. trans men. So certain right. like laws that are getting passed are in are in argument for the protection of trans women. Like if we talk about the prison thing that just got That's passed right. in California, right? And That's I right. never thought of it like that until I was reading your Twitter. And I was like, mm-hmm. holy shit, this makes so much sense, but why is no one saying yeah. this? So the whole thing for the listeners is that you get to go to the pr- – and I think this is happening already in Canada, right? Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. you get to go to the jail with the sex that you identify with. Or the gender that you identify with. So if you're a biological man and this actually happened, you go in for violent crimes like rape, you're now in a jail full of women. But we're not thinking about the trans men that were biological women being sent into a very violent situation surrounded by biological men where they're going to be – very easily outstrength. Like there's the strength difference is huge, right? Just oh my god, I, the thought of that. It's <laughs> terrifying. It should be terrifying. Terif- so why are we not protecting anyone- trans men? Right on, my friend. Thank you so much. Because the leaders of this community are trans women. They're billionaires who have a lot of money, and I can name a bunch of them right now, but I'm not going to. There's a lot of elder, older. They're not elder in a sense of transition time. A lot of them just transitioned in the last five years. Mm -hmm. Very, very rich men who change to women and live that way and have a lot of money and are funneling that money through there. So that said, these laws and things get passed because guess what? In America, things are easily bought. (laughs) Mm. lobbyists exist money talks and so don't think because i'm like i'm boggled in my mind i'm like wait a minute i've been fighting for trans rights for 25 plus years and things barely moved and all of a sudden these trans powerful women got involved in the thing and things started moving fast so 
I see money attached. I see an agenda and I see trans women have the more powerful voice because they were socialized as men. This mm-hmm. isn't really what people need to understand. Trans women are so different than trans men because I was socialized as a woman. So what was I taught to do? Be much more meek, not necessarily be so aggressive on moving forward things. I had to reteach myself that I can, this is how men act, right? Mm-hmm. So that said, women aren't taught to be aggressive. When we're taught to be aggressive as a woman, you're a bitch or a, right? Or you're just like that kind of lady. So I think trans women have a different understanding of socialization. And so they come into it with much more of this, oh, I'm going to The aggressions there, yeah. That's right. Mm-hmm. That's right. Yeah, I see that too. And that's no dig on trans women. I no. hope nobody takes that as that. It's just what I see as a trans man and why trans women tend to have a much more powerful voice within the community. You know, And most of the hate I get is from these certain types of trans women. Those are the ones who are constantly calling me a turf. So, and then what do they say when you have that argument? Because so- just to like put it into perspective, like the average, when we were talking about biology here, so I know it it does change after, I think it's like 15 years, whatever, you start to see changes. But for the average couch potato biological man, his grip strength is stronger than a lot of Olympic athlete biological women. That's just biology, right? So if you stick someone who is a biological woman into a jail with biological men what do you think is gonna happen right uh, this man ain't going to jail no <laughs> no and what? it's scary we will i will be put into gen okay so no i i'm not even sure if i'll be put into general population probably which not is where you get raped and nailed and you, yeah. are you kidding me i i I would be so destroyed. I remember I have a vagina. I don't have a penis. Right. I would be destroyed. How, yeah. Yes. Yeah. You yes. wouldn't last a day. So Not a day. So when you Not bring up this argument to these activists, what do, what do they say? Because that's a very real threat for trans men. They don't have an argument. They just they say it doesn't matter. They don't answer. They don't answer me or they say turf. They have no – that's why I know. They don't care about trans men. They only care about the rights of non-binary, which are a lot of – men becoming mm-hmm. non-binary now. So the non-binary has actually, the voice of the non-binary has taken over the trans community on some level. Mm. And so people like me are sort of like this old idea of being trans, which there's a million of people like me. Wow. But was, we we transition to become men and women and we go back into the world. And I could <laughs> I can name 500 people I know like me who literally live in the world and have regular jobs and you would never know. And that's the whole reason why we transition. I just happen to become, you know, in the porn business and then to become an activist and be out there. But most of us just want to be left alone and we just want to grow up to be men and women. And so this new majority voice is nothing about what you see here sitting in front of you and about what the whole purpose of transitioning is about. It's become a hothead weaponized space for some reason that I'm not sure. I can't tell you, but it's scaring me. I don't want my community used Mm-mm. like this as a weapon and it's being used as a weapon which mm-hmm. is just disgusting and gross and many people are going to die and lose out from this situation and in, in such a horrible way they're not helping us they're hurting us yeah i don't really see where you go from here especially when it's getting like filtrated into the schools at such an early age oh, like it's you oh, wow. you almost need like a counter activist group that brings resources to these schools and That's is right. saying like, That's this is right. actually going to do more harm than good. And if That's you have right. a child that is experiencing gender dysphoria, these are healthy ways to handle it until That's puberty. Right. And you can That's still right. support the child, love the child, mm-hmm. treat the child with respect, but 
ultimately have their best interest at heart, which is not to give a kid everything they say they want, right? Like oh the things <laughs> if I gave my kid everything they want, like are you that kid has to work for shit. I'm not kidding. I, mm. I'm like, no, dude, you want that game? You better get out and pick up the dog shit and go watch the Because <laughs> I'm not kidding. Totally. He's, he's, he's like scrubbing that <laughs> hilarious. But that being said, I'm telling you, I already say it already. And again, I'm trans. I don't want that being taught to him. Mm-mm. He doesn't need to know that. Also, he doesn't know that I'm trans. He doesn't know about me. He just knows I'm just dead. Like, that's just it. Mm-hmm. He doesn't need to know any of that stuff at all. It will confuse him. He won't understand. Mm-hmm. He needs to understand biology and then move forward. And then if those things start coming out, excellent. For but sure. you've got to give these kids an actual logical base. When you start teaching them that there's 57,000 genders out there, mm-hmm. but- no, don't no. teach my child that. I will rip him out of that school right now and I'll make a complaint. But I don't understand. There's some strength in academia too. And the academic part is also really scary. What's happening in colleges and universities and this queer theory and all of this nonsense and like, you know, everything is a spectrum and everything is socially constructed mm-hmm. is so dangerous. It Ugh. really is. And they, they get you because they get you by um, your heartstrings. So when I first started That's going right. to college, I took one of those women genders studies mm-hmm. classes. Classes. Mm-hmm. And, you know, day one, they're playing these videos and documentaries and I'm crying and I'm like, the world is such a terrible place. I need to help these people. And they know what they're doing. It's all intentional, right? Like they That's know, right. first of all, you know, most biological women are going to be more eager to take that class than biological men. It just is. And yep. we're more emotional and yep. nurturing. So we're going to try to like wrong all of these rights. And then right. when you're feeling something so intensely, it's easy to ignore ignore data. That's right. So you lead with your emotions. So again, like you're in your frontal lobe still not there. That's not even done till 25. So it's still like a little bit of this download stage in your human mm-hmm. experience. Right. And they, again, this is all calculated. There is an end point that they're trying to get. And I don't think it's very good. I think we need to try to raise our kids to be critical thinkers because if people have you by the emotions, then they're under your control for good. That's and, right. Mm-hmm. That's right. A hundred percent. And what happened to critical thinking? That's the act is, critical thinking is like some crazy thought thing that we shouldn't be teaching people. If my kid better critical think, Mm -hmm. because that's how he's going to get to be a badass kid and a badass person. Mm -hmm. And so now we're just taking all of this and I swear we're making robots. Mm -hmm. That's what I see. We're literally making these children robots. And the children that attack me, mostly non-binary kids, and mostly this idea that I'm this bad person because I'm saying biology exists and I'm saying things that are actually actually real, factual Mm -hmm. things. And then they're being told the opposite. So that's what I see. And when I say a younger generation, I'm talking about these TikTok kids, these 16 to 20. They're really dangerous because they have, they have, they literally have nothing stopping them. They think they can just go. They have no filter, no block, nothing. They're just like, fuck it. And I'm just like, who does that? There's a lot of anger. A lot. And I was like, if I was 16 and I acted like that, my ass would have been kicked. Yeah. And that's, (laughs) you know, they're not that kids should be hit, but that being so discipline. There was consequences discipline. Mm-hmm. I learned discipline as a child. If you knock that coffee cup over, you better go pick it up. You don't just leave it there. Kids are knocking coffee cups on everything and just leaving it there for everybody else to pick up. Mm-hmm. And this is what we're teaching a very vulnerable kids at 16 are vulnerable. You remember oh, yeah. being 16. I remember 16 was probably the worst time of worst. my life. The yeah. worst. And so here's <laughs> a bunch terrible of kids for everyone. seeing trans. 
horrible. And that's why I think trans is just this illusion that they think they can have and be part of what you said earlier on in the podcast. They just feel like more wanted and more accepted as, as a part of this new group of people. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think it's the same with the whole non-binary movement because that's also gone up massively. I want to say, Massive. like you said, it's like 1% of people that kind of fall under like that LGBT yeah. umbrella. But yeah. when you look at the data, especially with Gen Z, it's almost all of them know someone who's non-binary or that I'm going to say identifies as trans because to me what I'm seeing is not real. So they see more of that than they see, you know, a gay man or a gay woman. Right. So the data is just like not adding up. And then you see this huge spike in non-binary. So some of the data is suggesting that we used to have different outlets for these kids to kind of express themselves Mm -hmm. and experiment with certain things. And then those aren't there anymore. So now like the in thing is to be non-binary. And that's great. Like find yourself. But We have to talk about the anger there. And we have to talk about the forced speech there because what is it? Can it? I think it's Canada. They're making um, their national anthem all gender inclusive. So anything that is like gender specific so, is taken so like out. When she, when it, yeah, like if, if it's a she, they're going to change it to they. Mm-hmm, something so, like that. That's going to make a lot of sense. Like really, come mm-hmm. on, people. That, you know, that's disrespectful to actual biological people. Mm-hmm. It isn't, male, female is inclusive. I don't understand why people are acting as it's not inclusive. I don't care if you're non-binary. Right. You're still male or female. On some spectrum within there, you are male and female. Male, female is inclusive language. It, it, they're so insane that they need to add they which will just mess up the whole thing and then and then now we're going to tear everything apart and then in five years we're going to have to paste it all back together again because somebody's going to finally go oh my god what did we do exactly (laughs) and i always say like if you're very like emotionally reactive to anything especially in a negative way that means that there's something inside that you haven't like dealt with and like if you call me a whore i'm not going to be triggered. I'm going to go on about my day and I'm going to forget that that even happened because I'm okay with who I am and decisions that I've made. So if you, I don't know, like I just don't understand the whole forced speech. I don't understand the forced theology almost because now it's like a new religion, right? So if it's like- Yeah, it's a cult. It is. It's a cult. And if you don't bend the knee, if you don't accept this this new Bible, then you're the enemy and I'm going to come at you with all of this anger and pent up energy. So like- I just don't know how we fix that. No, listen to me, my friend. It's going to fix itself. You think so? Mark my words. Everything I've said throughout this whole insanity in the last five years has happened. Mm -hmm. One of the things, sadly, sadly that has happened is Mm detransitioners. I called it years ago. I said, you watch and see. People were, that's not cool. Now they're just rolling out like candy. I swear, it's just like... That, so that being said, it's going to backfire. I, I have What's happening is the non-binary people are taking over the trans community. Pretty much non-binary now. There's not so many people like me left. We're kind of hiding over here. So what's going to happen is they're going to implode because what they're doing is not logical. People are going to get fed up with it. They're pushing too hard. That's not how you make change. Mm-hmm. That is not how you make change. I've been making change for 30 years. You do not make change. You actually coexist. You extend your hand. You educate. You let people have their weird freak out on you. And then you come forward <laughs> again. And then it's fine. <laughs> Nobody even is scared of me anymore. The world likes the man with the pussy. When they used to be like, ah! Now they're like, oh, that's so cool. <laughs> oh, my gosh. That's amazing. Yeah. Right so on. you're like – you're a wonderful example. I mean, I hope I hope people start seeing the changes that you have made and continue to make and then you can see that you can make change and, you know, create right. a bridge with like love and positivity and not with 
fear right. and anger. That's right, beautiful friend. And that's why me and you talk. And that's why I re- when people like you reach out, you reached out to me, which says a lot. So I appreciate that. You hear my voice and you see my voice and you see the importance of my voice because that's how we build bridges. We don't have to be best friends. We just have to respect each other's choice of life. And mm-hmm. that's all I ever ask from anybody. Mm-hmm. You don't have to like me. You don't even have to agree with my choice of life. But all you need to do is say, hey, that makes Buck happy. Right on, move forward. And that's what most of the people in the world do with me. And they're all biological people. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So the one last thing I kind of wanted to touch on. So I see a lot of biological women. And again, I think a lot of it has to do with like going to university that are the self-identifying allies and they're being Mm -hmm. really loud and aggressive to other people on social. Mm -hmm. And they're, again, they're standing up for a group that they're not even a part of. Right. So (laughs) What is that about? How, I guess- It's embarrassing. Is, is it? You know, well, here's what yeah. I think. Because they're doing it not because I don't, I don't believe all of them have it in their heart. I believe they're doing it because, again, it's the thing to do, just like BLM, mm. right? If you don't support, and I'm, and I'm not saying anything bad about Black Lives. I think, it's a, I think that a concept of it is very important. Another brilliant do. linguist move. Thank you. That's mm-hmm. exactly right, my friend. Mm-hmm. It's all marketing. Yeah. I'm a marketer. You think <laughs> I didn't, that's how I built myself. I'm a marketing mm-hmm. dude. So that said, it's all about marketing, that everything, even the trans community and all of that. It's all about how you place words, how you get people to think, how you, all of that. So that being said, just if you're, if you're not putting the hashtag BLM on everything you do, it doesn't mean you're a racist and it doesn't no. mean you don't belong to the thing. I think too many white people are speaking for black people. That's what I think. And I'm oh just my moving gosh. my white ass to the back. My mm-hmm. white ass is over here. I'm in full support of of creating an unracist world, 110%. For sure. But my white ass needs to be here while you as the black person can actually speak for your own. And that's what I don't understand about these new allies, allyship, and telling me to shut up. Literally, an actual non-trans person who's an ally telling me that I'm a turf and shut up is so insane. It's like me as a white guy telling a black person <laughs> to Well, that's happening, sh- though, too, right, I- with Antifa. <laughs> Antifa is, like, telling these conservative black people to be quiet, wow. and you're like, whoa. Again, wow. it's the departure from reality. That's right. Oh, that's my right. goodness. And everybody thinks they're doing – everyone thinks they're doing God's work, and mm-hmm. everyone thinks they're, like, doing this amazing shit when everyone needs to sit down sit down introspect in yourself Mm -hmm. what is it that you want to create in the world not what you think you need to do in order to be a part of this bigger no people need to come back to themselves we're not we're we're becoming this sort of monolithic kind of thing in the trans community we're all the same we're all thinking like no we're not Mm -hmm. and i'm never going to be a part of that in any of the communities i belong to i belong to a lot of communities so we need to teach people to start to come back to themselves and what is it that you want to project into to the world and what is it that you want to create in the world not not i want to belong to this organization because it's the you know it's the thing i need to do without people calling me a racist mm-hmm. i think that's that too right is everyone's like so scared of being called anything that's like phobic that's right. or ist or whatever right. and i can tell any listeners i've been called probably all of them i got called trans <laughs> i got called transphobic two days ago and i was like well you're gonna be really surprised at my guest and that airs in two weeks like i love you i love you you totally use me but like really bucks my best right like, do it. If I was, I wouldn't be having a conversation and I'm not. Friend. I'm fully supportive of everyone doing not. what they want, right? Like I believe I just I like provide the evidence. Provide one there single no iota. No. Here's what I'm gonna tell you, friend. That's why you gotta take trans 
transphobia off the table now because they call me transphobic. Right. So that should just immediately tell you right there. Right. It's not a, it's not a, it doesn't mean anything anymore. When you start to eat your own, when you mm-hmm. start to come into your own community and start to force language, like Nazi, it's so Nazi yes. and so fascist and gross. It's like, oh, you're not good enough for the Nazi party. We're going to put you over here. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. it's so insane. And so to tell somebody like you that you are transphobic, what does that do? That literally puts you over here and goes, okay, fine. I'll just be a transphobe. See you later. Mm-hmm. Ain't going to help you. Right. But no, you reached out to me, which you already did a million to- years ago. And you said, you know, like, let's do this. That means to me that you care. Mm-hmm. You see the voices in our community that literally are above the rhetoric. That's all rhetoric, right? Mm-hmm. Blah, 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 you're a transphobe. You're a terp. Blah, 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 trying to make all that shit. And then you see people yeah. like myself go, wait a minute here. Mm-hmm. There's <laughs> now, another way to approach everything. It's disgusting. They called you transphobic. I'm just. Oh, I know. I'm and honestly, if I wasn't like who I was, like that could have really affected me in a negative way, right? Like, yeah. I don't know. No one wants to be a bigot. No one wants. It's it's on a lifeline or a life support, right? These things exist. No one's denying that they exist. But I I truly believe we are in a very like inclusive world. I think we're in a very different space than we were 50 years ago, even 20 years ago. Yes, even 10, Mm -hmm. even 10. You know, when I first came out, I started to experiment with my sexuality, and so I really got attracted to men, which I had never been attracted to men before. So Mm -hmm. I was like, ah, this is so weird. I literally, (laughs) I literally became like homophobic to myself. I was like, I cannot be gay. <laughs> and I was like, I was a gay woman. Now I'm like, I'm not going to be a gay man. So I just remember it was so difficult because I was trying to put myself into these spaces and they did did not want me at all. They were so mean and horrible, but I just kept coming back, very gently coming back and never pushing myself, always just being here I am until today. Now I'm just like, you know, I'm in the gay man world and people are so cool with me and it's never an issue. And so that's what I see for trans women. I think they're pushing too hard on women and they're not saying, wait a minute, how do we come into this space? Because I have tons of trans women friends who mm-hmm. literally look like you, like gorgeous, beautiful, mm-hmm. amazing women who mm-hmm. pass. And, and that this is the argument people are having is, like, they just don't want some dude saying I'm a woman and coming into a space and looking like me. I understand that. Mm-hmm. And we should all understand that. It doesn't mean that you're transphobic. It means that your people go by vision. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't get misgendered because I look like a dude. Right. <laughs> and so you're going to get misgendered if you say you're a man, but you look like a lady or you're a man and you look like, you know, it's just a reality of the thing. And then I don't know why people are getting so mad about that. It's an actual thing that people need to be visually seeing things. Yeah, it's evolution. It just, yes, it's evolution. Right and it's not, right and it's not, again, a place of hatred, right? Like you can be like, nope. well, actually, no, this is, you know, right. how I identify. And then most right. people, I, and everyone's going to argue, but I truly believe most people would be like, oh, I'm so sorry. What That's would right. you know? And then they'll correct. Most That's people right. are not going to just pick a fight and be mean to a complete stranger. And I mean, They're again, not. I live in the South and it's not going to be like that here, even. People are no, very I lived different. in Louisiana for 10 years, for, for four years. Louisiana, it's, mm-hmm. believe me, it was chill there. Nobody cared. Everyone's no. just like, yeah, dude, let's have a beer. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, it's awesome there. So, you know, those misconceptions, again, right? The misconception of the South, the misconception that all black oh, yeah. people are like this, the misconception that trans people are all like this. I mean, we have misconception that that's why I'm go about always back to individuality. The trans community is not individual anymore. It's like become this one entity. And it's like, no, we're different. We are literally individuals first that mm-hmm. build a community. And people are missing that step of individuality. Mm-hmm. So if you yeah. had one message for like the SJWs of the world. <laughs> 
<laughs> what would it be? Oh, God. I know. <laughs> what I would, okay, one message to them would be this listen, mm-hmm. have conversation, have dialogue. We might not at all agree on it, but let's move forward and create the spaces we need to create in the world without attacking each other. Conversation. Mm-hmm. That's beautiful. That's mm-hmm. They just attack us because fear and all kinds of things, but no one has conversation. If we have conversation, we can figure out how to get out of this mess. That's how you solve everything. I truly believe it. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Excellent. Well, thank you so much for joining the podcast. Can you tell the listeners where they can learn more about you, follow you, support you? Okay, sure. Thanks so much, my friend. So Twitter, if you want to really get into it, (laughs) which is Buck Angel. (laughs) Instagram is more my like heartfelt stories and like my crazy stoner time I do on there. And that's Buck Angel. And then I have official Buck Angel on Facebook, but I don't use Facebook much because I kind of find that to be a huge shit show. Mm -hmm. And BuckAngel.com. And also anyone out there who has any questions, reach out to me. I'm super accessible and I really love to talk to people and and educate people. Awesome. Well, thanks again. We have to do this again. I would love that. Excellent. Yeah. All right, my friend. All right. Thank you. Thank you. Sending you love. That's it for this week's episode. I hope you enjoyed it. If you have the time, please rate and review. And you can always hit subscribe to stay up to date with our latest episodes. I hope to have you back.